Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Hey there, everybody. Happy 5th of July to Hope it was a good day off for you. If you had the day off, hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't have it off, hope you you still enjoyed it. Hope it was a good holiday, however you spent it. Uh, I had the day off yesterday, which was was, was nice. But uh, back at it today, just in time for Nando Thursday. By the way, this is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. They know, Al. They know. Are you sure? I think so. people could... People could just land on this accidentally. <laughs> yeah, by accident? Yeah. All right. I, 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 no, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Please. No, that's okay. I, I think that, you know, that was some, some important input there. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> continue, continue saying the name of the show that people know they're listening to. I'll, I'll, I'll sit back and listen. Okay. In case you didn't catch it, this is the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. I'm Al Melchior. I host this show. And it's now to Thursday... So Nando is here on Thursdays. Is, does that cover everything? I think it's pretty good, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. How was your fourth? <laughs> I was good. It was nice and easy. There's really much, not much to it. We thought we were going to see the fireworks uh, from where we live, but they did them on the other side of Manhattan, so we didn't. Um, that was about it. Really? Yeah. I would think you'd be able to see, the, or, you know, were you able to see any Jersey-based fireworks? Well, there were some, I heard, uh, Maria or- Marino said some down by Jersey City. But I think we were blocked by a bunch of buildings, so we didn't get a chance to see them. We heard them. We heard a bunch. We just didn't see them. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. We heard, we heard lots. Uh, we also could see, you know, just from our, our window here. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a good, uh, good holiday. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the day off, but uh, ready to get back at it again. Um, so, yeah, today uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some of those games from the 4th of July. Uh, also, well, we've got kind of a smallish slate tonight, but take a look at the lineups, uh, the weather forecast, how that might affect your daily lineups, um, and got a Twitter poll to look at, and I'm going to spend a good amount of the show, Nando, just shamelessly plugging some stuff that I've done. Nice. So, glad you approve. I'll have your back. Glad you approve. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I, I need, you know, I need participation in this one, because well, no, it, involves, it involves a strategy question. Let's just get a plug out of the way. I mean, you might, you might as well get one, right? All right, all right. Well, maybe we'll come back to this, but I just minutes before coming on air here uh, hit uh, the publish button on a piece on uh, Salvador Perez and why he's been so awful this right. year, and uh, that was completely born out of frustration with my great fantasy baseball invitational team, which is doing terribly. And, and Sal Perez is, you know, I'm, I'm blaming him for a lot of that. Now is that on lmelkiewer.com? Nope, I'm sorry. It's on uh, Rotographs. Okay, gotcha. Both of my shameless plugs today will be uh, from Rotographs. <laughs> okay, all right, excellent. Can we get a yeah, sneak Al preview? Is, is there one, uh, uh, just sneak. a little sliver of, of sneak preview of why Salvador Perez? Is it, a, is it increased swinging strike? Is it a, you know, many more infield flies? Used to love infield flies back <laughs> in the day. I, I still do. He, uh, I didn't look into that. He probably has hit a lot of them. How <laughs> oh, that, uh, that used to be your thing, man. I know, but then I moved into, you know, I, I went next level with average fly ball distance. Oh, getting, right. You know, more, more gradations into the fly ball analysis. I like that. And not just, not just is it straight up or, you know, more of a level launch. But gotcha. you know, great gradations of the of the fly ball analysis. Sure, of course. Uh, no, it has to it has to do with plate discipline, which has always been bad for Perez, but it's, it's a lot worse this year. And then there's kind of a snowball, or at least I posit there's a snowball chain of effects that have occurred because of that. Interesting. 
Is that enough of a, a sneak preview? Oh, that's good for me, yeah. I'm intrigued. All right. I think I think we're going to have time lead, although I'm, you never know. It, did you notice the rundown today? Very short. I did, and I, I feel more pressure than ever to take us off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was something that, that caused you stress. Like, oh, I'm going to have to take this show off the rails, but I don't, I don't know if I have it in me today. Yeah, I, I didn't see the usual list. <laughs> I mean, there's a shorter list of pitchers. Usually you got some hitters in there with stats. I didn't see any of those either. Uh, there are. You just okay. got to... It's, it's, it's short, but you do it. I guess you have to scroll just a little bit to get to the Oh, numbers. okay. You know what? I was reading Winker's Winkler, so I just stopped right there. Oh, yeah. So, oh, okay, here's no, another okay. picture. I see. I got the hitters. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's Winker. Yeah, we, we will talk about uh, Winker. I don't, I'm not, I don't have any plans to talk about Winkler. But, but um, by the way, it, you know, as long as we're both probably going to take the show off the ro- rails, um, I, I've already represented one of my favorite bands this week by having Scott McCoy on. I love R.E.M., other band that I'm completely obsessive about is Genesis. And um, there's uh, a, a fairly old you know, Peter Gabriel era, era Genesis song called Get Him Out by Friday. And it's one of those Peter Gabriel songs that's got like a lot of characters in it. And one character is called The Winkler. And so I've been like trying all season long to get in some kind of like Twitter pun about, you know, Winkler got him out on Friday. But I just, you know, we're, we're now, what, 15 weeks in and I, I still haven't done it. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a way. <laughs> so we got uh, a little less than three months left for me to, to try to pull that off. <laughs> That's plenty of time. <laughs> we wrote a whole stand-up routine in a day for you, Al. I'm sure there's a way we can do this. I, should, I may have to get you and Dave Richard to help me out. But I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we may talk again about Sal Perez a little bit later on and, and another uh, Rotographs piece that I published earlier this week that I, I want Nando to you know, come in and, and chime in on. But let's uh, let's get to the news. It's pretty skimpy today, though. Like, uh, injuries took the day off for the most part on, on the 4th of July, except for Glaber Torres, uh, who went on the DL, though the injury didn't actually occur yesterday, but uh, went to the DL with a hip strain and is scheduled to undergo an MRI. Uh, that uh, first reported by Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Uh, better news for Freddie Freeman, uh, who exited with... Um, a tight triceps muscle uh, resulting from a hit-by-pitch. But uh, uh, manager, uh, I always want to call, it's Brian Snitker, right? Because for some reason, I always want to call him Brad. Oh, I always want to call him Brian Snitker. Okay, well, between the two of us, I think we got the name right. (laughs) Brad Snitker (laughs) says Freddie Freeman is fine. Uh, Joe Madden says that Chris Bryant is still feeling discomfort in his shoulder, according to 670, the score. Bryant's going to go for more uh, tests on Friday. So it looks like we're not super close to seeing uh, Bryant back in the Cubs lineup. According to the Baltimore Sun, uh, Dylan Bundy is going to be fine to start for Friday. He's been dealing with uh, an ankle issue. Uh, Also, this is a a weird update, but I'm going to just include it anyway. But this is also from the the Baltimore Sun from the... I don't remember which reporter, but from one of the Twitter accounts. Manny Machado trade talk expected for a good player. Is, the, that, is, that break, is that breaking news? I thought I was Manny reading Machado it wrong get... when, I saw, when I saw that. <laughs> you know, I saw another, um, I think John Morosi put something out where he's like, oh, Eflin. Okay, that's that you're going to trade Manny Machado for, Zach Eflin? And not to knock Zach Eflin. But not at all. No, no way. Well, Morosi also tweeted um, that the Diamondbacks and Indians are the, and these are Morosi's words, most motivated. They are the most motivated teams to trade for Manny Machado. Uh, so I guess Zach Eflin will probably just stay right where he is. I guess. But who's Arizona give up? Yeah, I don't know. Cause, uh, Do you eat a bunch of Yasmani Tomas's contract and be like, just go over there and be a DH? Yeah, I don't think that's going to qualify as the good player. He's not that's a bad that, player. Imagine if he could just not, concentrate not, on not hitting. Not a level. Right, sure. Well, no, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not saying that's the one player. I'm saying there's some – I'm sure there are others. Like, Silvino Bracco was good for a little while. He could be interesting for that bullpen. But I don't no, know who they, the, they Yeah, they do need the reinforcements, but they got to get a lot more than that and I don't know what they're going to get from the Diamondbacks uh, or the Indians, for that matter. Archie so Bradley. You won't give up Archie Bradley in the middle of this. No way. I wouldn't think so. No. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Um, I don't know. TBD. Uh, TBD. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I 
noted after that the big Archie Bradley story last week. Um, you remember that one, right? With uh, the the soiling of the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure it's just a weird coincidence, but you know, he, for most of the season, he's really struggled to get swings and misses and struggling to get strikeouts. Now, um, Meg, Meg Rowler from, uh, from uh, Fangraphs did an analysis, and, and someone on uh, uh, Deadspin did one too. I think the Deadspin one was actually first. But they, they narrowed down that which actual game it was where Archie Bradley did that. That's, that's like the, um, when people figure out the day that Ice Cube was talking about and today was a good day. They tracked down the Archie Bradley day. I didn't know, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it was not a good day for Archie Bradley, although he did pitch a clean inning, as everybody's noted. Uh, so Meg, <laughs> oh. Meg Rowley, Meg, <laughs> Meg Rowley and, and somebody from Deadspin, they both independently did this analysis. They came up with the same date, which I think was May 5th, either 5th or 7th. Nice. Anyhow, so he's from that time forward up until when he went on the radio to talk about what happened, he was not getting swings and misses. But he did before that. And then after the radio show, he started again. So I just have this weird little story in my own head, this little narrative that, you know, it was weighing on him and he, he just couldn't pitch the same. Do you think that's really? No, I don't really think. I, that. I wouldn't. But all I, right, fine. But I think it's a funny coincidence, though. <laughs> I mean, Al, there are no such things as coincidences. Sure, there are. Well, all right, fine. But I mean, that does kind of make sense. <laughs> You get it off it your is chest. pretty weird. Yeah, go 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 to Baseball Reference. Look at the uh, look at the log, the game log. No no pun intended there. Um, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with this, and you can't work in Genesis Reference. I, it's, yeah, it's by uh, I guess it's my kryptonite or something. I can't just can't do it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so yeah, me and Machado. Uh, Maybe going to the Diamondbacks or the, the Indians are the, those are the most motivated teams. Also, in that same tweet from the Baltimore Sun, uh, Cedric Mullins is heating up. So it would seem there would be room in the Orioles outfield for somebody who could hit a little bit and run a little bit. You know, Any I'll, interest there? Uh, uh, maybe yeah, a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, 265, 12 home runs. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I was looking at um, I don't You know. So I had to, I broke my phone. So I had to use my old phone uh, over the last week. And in my old phone, this is the phone that I had when we were in Florida together. And I was looking up pictures of, we used to have those whiteboards next to our desks. Sure. And so you and I had the Hall of Fame, but we also had like, I had some, some players that I liked, some sleepers. And one of them on there was Henry Urudia. And I'm just oh like, my what gosh. happened to him, man? Like, I, he was like a can't miss 290 hitter. And then just nothing. Yeah. So, did you follow up and find out? Because I, yeah, that's a name I probably haven't heard in no, like wanted, two years. I wanted to save it for the show. Well, all right. And so now I, I just have to do some research, I guess, because I, I don't know what happened. He it is, seems like the Orioles have have those guys though. He's been in the Mexican that, league. He's in the Mexican league this year. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, Batting three fifty nine, Al, with ten home runs. They could probably use him. They could, along with Cedric Mullins. You know, I don't know which one I'd rather have. Yerudi's only 31. He was young, I guess. Yeah, but this, that was what? Like you said, four years? Well, no, it had to be more than four years it ago. It would have been like 2013, 2014. Okay, so that, yeah, yeah. maybe five years ago. Ah. Anyhow, Tyler Skaggs uh, has gone the DL with a right adductor strain. That's crushing. That, it is. That's no good. Um, they have no one. They, like, I went through their minor leagues. And I'm like, who can they call up to take the place of Tyler Skaggs? And there's no one. Yeah, I mean they've really uh, yeah, uh, had a lot of a lot of pitching injuries, and uh, you know they they seem to sometimes pull these guys from the bullpen, uh, like Felix Pena this year, and last year was J.C. Ramirez. But I can't even uh, even think of who that person might be right now. They just might be just flat out of pitching. They really like they might have to make like a minor trade somewhere with someone. I don't even know who. Yeah, no, I, I don't know either, um, but it would seem like they're in a position where they, they would need to do that. They're, uh, if you go to the roster resource page, because uh, I was trying to figure out, like, who's the next guy up? There's got to be someone. Um, their disabled list is crazy. Like, their Tommy John guys and their shoulder surgery guys, that's a rotation all by itself. Oh, yeah. Well, at least Richards is back for, for now. For now. Uh, <laughs> if they lose him, that's really going to – they might as well just pack it in, I think, if uh, – 
if he gets hurt again. But uh, hopefully Richard stays healthy. And uh, yeah, and Pena's been uh, been a revelation. Um, uh, Nick Pollock was on the show last week, and I really hadn't paid much attention to to Felix Pena until I read Nick Pollock write about him, and I got him pretty easily in three leagues. So I think a lot of people are still sleeping on uh, on Felix Pena. Yeah, well, I mean he did. I mean he didn't have the greatest minor league numbers. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe there's not a lot of people believing. Uh, could be, could be. And I think sometimes these guys who go, you know, from the bullpen to the rotation, it seems like it, it takes people a while to buy in, whether it was Blaine Hardy, who's now back in the bullpen or Ramirez last year. Um, but you know, those are good guys to, uh, I think good guys to speculate on. I agree. But at this point you have to, well, Yes, you do. And just one last note, bullpen-related here. Uh, Shane Green's uh, going to get an MRI uh, today, according to the uh, Detroit Free Press. So hopefully we'll know more soon, maybe even later today, about uh, the uh, timetable for Shane Green. So anyways, Nando, we did a pretty good uh, job of taking the show off the rails. I think so. I think so. We got farther down than I thought we would. (laughs) Well, we'll do it again next segment. Uh, (laughs) So stick around. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. You may or may not have known that. Uh, this is the first, and yeah, Thursday. It's also Nando Thursday, too, by the way. That's right. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Nando Thursday, Nando Thursday and Enya Thursday usually go together. <laughs> you thank Mike Florio. Thank you, Mike Florio. Uh, so, yeah, it's a uh, REM Enya Genesis Spectacular this week. That's it. Just keep uh, adding things on. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Tune in to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th as we'll be playing the DKMS Tribute Challenge for your shot to call in with the chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-FNTSY. Concert uh, contest is sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. And while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70%, nearly 14,000 people each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That is dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It is the DKMS Trivia Challenge from July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. Uh, got a few more news items here, Nando, and then we can get on to the um, gratuitous uh, self-promotion here. All right. Uh, so I, I did it. No, yeah, wait. Gratuitous, gratuitous and soft. That's not – those don't work together. Self-promotion. Oh, self. I think it's soft. Sorry. No, no. No, total, all, all hard sell all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, JB Shook has been DFA'd by the Marlins. And the tweet that I originally learned about this from uh, from Craig Mish of SiriusXM, uh, Craig Mish tweeted that this presumably clears the way for the activation of Garrett Cooper. I was kind of excited to have that news on the show, Nando, because you're a Garrett Cooper guy, right? A, a I love Craig Mish. You should, try, you should get him on the show. He's great. B, yes, I have a lot of Garrett Cooper. Uh, I believe at least two teams of Garrett Cooper. 
Um, I think uh, he's going to be good. We, I, I think he's good. I, I urge people to add him if he's really coming back. Well, th- that was good that you qualified that because uh, I have here from Joe Frazaro of MLB.com that Shook was DFA'd, but, um, and also Teron Guerrero on the DL with the left lumbar strain. Um, and then the corresponding moves, neither one uh, involves Garrett Cooper. Uh, ben Meyer's been recalled from uh, New Orleans, and Martin Prado's been activated. Yeah. So that's nothing against Ben Meyer and Martin Prado, but that's a bummer. Well, maybe it was one of those things where, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Lewis Brinson's out, too. They should really, they need Garrett Cooper. I'd, I'd like to see him play, and they do, you know, I'm not even sure at this point. I mean, I don't expect that um, uh, Cameron Mabin's going to play center field every day. Um, you know, Shook was getting a little bit of play there, so I don't know how that's how it's going to work. And, you know, maybe it's just a delay of a day or maybe even later today we see Garrett Cooper. I mean, It could be one like of those Cooper things where they need the arm, you know what I mean? Like, let's get the arm for today and wait another day. Exactly. So, yeah, Ben Meyer today and then Garrett Cooper tomorrow. Yes. Okay. And they, really, they lost Alcantara, too. They're falling apart. They really are. You know, and, and I talked about Guerrero earlier this week because there's all those rumors about half the bullpen getting traded either to the Red Sox or the Dodgers. But the one name that wasn't included in any of those reports was Teron Guerrero. So I thought, well, this guy has some closer potential and could get you a ton of strikeouts and maybe some saves down the, down the stretch. Yeah, he, I mean, he throws. He's the guy who was Jordan Hicksian, right? It was like Hicks and Guerrero. In the top ten hardest throwers this season, they were going back and forth. Yeah, and you know, whereas T- Hicks is, it's kind of taken him a while to get the the swings and misses. Uh, Guerrero's been getting those all along. So, uh, you know, this might not be a big deal. Uh, this was a retroactive move to yesterday. Um, so, you know, maybe Guerrero's back in a week and a half. But uh, you know, in the short term, uh, kind of disappointing, and kind of disappointing that Garrett Cooper's not up yet. But I think your I think your theory's right, Nando. I, I hope think so. You see Garrett Cooper. I think we see Garrett Cooper over the weekend. Uh, all right. Well, oh, I'm sorry. One more note here. Eric Fetty uh, left his start early with a shoulder issue, had an MRI done. No structural damage, just a lot of inflammation, according to the Washington Post. So not the worst possible scenario, although a lot of inflammation does sound bad and also painful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, not fun. Not fun at all for Eric Fetty. Um all right, well, uh, let, let's, let's get on with the self-promotion here. Um, so I mentioned earlier, I published today a piece on rotographs about Sal Perez. And to me, the interesting thing about because a lot of times, Nando, I'll, I'll write something like I'll, I'll do like a scatter plot or something because I want to see something about a particular player. But then I'll see something else in, in the graph that's like, oh, well, that's weird and interesting. And so I, I, looked, uh, I was looking at plate discipline and how often players get pitched to in the zone and as you probably expect, the, the players with lousy plate discipline don't get pitched to as much of the zone. Kind of an obvious thing, but I just wanted to see if the, the data bared it out. Um, but Sal Perez and Javi Baez are just so off on their own on bad plate discipline island. They're just so far away from everybody else in terms of their swing rate on pitches out of the zone. And I just thought it was an interesting contrast because Baez is having this amazing season. And you know what's, what's I mean, not to, like I say, I'm sort of giving away the whole article, but you should read it anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you know what the biggest difference is between them? Um, their weight. Uh, maybe, maybe. No, I don't know. Uh, besides the, yeah. No. Is, uh, is Baez, Baez at least attempting is, to walk? Is that it? Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, they're, they're. There, I mean, Baez is only slightly better than Perez in terms of plate discipline. But, no, it's what they do when they actually do swing at pitches in the zone. And Perez is, like, average-ish in terms of Woba when he's swinging at pitches that are actually in the zone. And Baez is the sixth best hitter in the majors in that regard. Wow. What does that, te- what does that mean? So they're- like, I'm trying to wrap my head around what that, like, does that mean Baez is just has a better swing altogether? I think that's exactly what it means. And I mean, this is just at this point now, I'm just completely, you know, spitballing it. But when you look at that leaderboard in terms of Woba on pitches in the zone, the guys who are at the bottom, uh, it was like Alcides Escobar, Chris Davis. It was like guys that you just think of as really bad hitters. Whereas if you look at the Woba on pitches that are out of the zone, it's kind of more of a mix. 
Um, and certainly it's the more selective hitters that, you know, when they're actually swinging at pitches that are out of the zone, they're relatively good pitches, I think. So that's why they, they hit better. Guys like Joey Votto. Gotcha. Um, but it's more of a mix. There's not as clear of a pattern there. But when you look at the leaderboard in terms of pitcher or hitters and how well they produce when they're swinging on pitches inside the strike zone, it's like the bottom of the list. Like there's no surprises there that I recall. Like, wow, how did this guy wind up in this group? <laughs> and same thing at the top. So I think I think your theory is right. I can't think of another way to explain that. I mean, unless I mean, is Perez is, is I'm sure you went as deep as exit velocity, right? Can you can you break down exit velocity on pitches in the zone? Probably not. It's a good question. Yeah, no, no, you can. You absolutely oh, can. All right, I didn't know you get that uh, that granular. Yeah, well, because uh, like, okay, so when you pull back the curtain a couple weeks ago and, and you know brought up the the baseball reference game log, yes, this is stuff you can all find on Baseball Savant because they've got a search function where you can either limit it. Well, you can limit it to any zone around the plate that you want. Um, but or you could group them together in the zone, out of the zone. So you could actually just group together all the events that are with pitches in the zone and then do a sort by whatever stat you want. Oh. So how cool is that? That's pretty cool. Because yeah, I would yeah. guess maybe so, uh, Perez, maybe he's masking an injury. I don't know, but he's still on pace for 20 home runs. Like it's, it's just his batting average is so bad this year. Uh, right. Well, that was what kind of made it interesting because, yeah, no, he's on he's on his home run pace from like two years ago. Not quite last year, but um, the power's fine. And the strikeout rate's a little bit up, especially lately. But it just seems to be what he's doing on balls in play. But I, I don't think it's, you know, just, you know, oh, low Babbitt, bad luck. Like well, he's he's part of a group of hitters uh, that that just generally don't hit well. Let me ask you this then, Al. Uh, what does this mean? Like, is this something that Salvador Perez can't correct? Um, looking forward, and you well, just I, drop I him and go get. Throw that question. All right. <laughs> I was gonna throw that question at you, so I'll answer first. Um, <laughs> uh, and again, because this comes from me actually owning him in a league where I'm doing terribly, uh, I'm gonna bench him. I'm gonna uh, go for a catcher waiver pickup this weekend. Would you outright drop I'm him? Done. I'm like I could see I could see living with him in a, a roto league, not in a. Uh, not in a points league, though. You know what? I, I couldn't see dropping him in any format. If it was a 10-team points league, I don't think I'd drop him because I'd, I'd hold out hope that, um, you know, as I, I, I put in the article, maybe he's bottomed out. Maybe, maybe it only goes upward from here. Right. Uh, so I don't think I'd drop him in any format, but I also, at this point, don't think I would start him in any format. By the way, oh wait, you know, but I, I'd like—I don't want to take us off the rails of Salvador Perez. But I do, remind me that I have something yeah. that I want—I want to run by you, a Scott White trade offer. That I want to run by okay, you. Okay, well, you know, I—I I mean, I just wanted to get your take on Perez. Like, would you agree that um, stash him everywhere, but don't start him anywhere, or do you have a different? No, I would. I would look on that. I would be safe dropping him because the, the well, I haven't really looked that hard in the last few years, but it's almost like any catcher can hit 230 with 20 home runs. If Perez had like a 30 yeah, home run upside, I'd be okay with that. Or if he had like a 280 average upside, I'd be okay with that. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to hit 210 with a 20 home run pace, that's nothing special at all. I would drop you and get like a... Man, if it was like J.R. Murphy like two months ago. Someone along those lines, like I would even... I would take that... Jan Gomes, I think, is too good now to make that case... Uh, Manny Pena, I don't know. But you know, someone someone who you, you wouldn't expect. Kurt Suzuki. I don't know what people think of Kurt Suzuki, but I would make that move. Yeah, I, you know, the playing time is a big difference between the two, but I think Suzuki probably makes up for it with what he does when he does play. Right. I'm going to get some good uh, playing time out of this person. And the, the Royals are going to make some trades, and you're going to see his runs at RBI go down. And I don't know. It just, it's not a pretty picture, I think, going forward for him. Even if he does... If he hits twenty, like if he hits twenty home runs and gets his average up to two thirty-five, I mean, what's that give you for the rest of the season? That's from now on. It's like eleven homers and uh, you know two fifty average. Right, and you can, and again, you can replace that. Right. That that's that was a really great point you made. I mean, that's become a, a really common profile we see a catcher. So I may have to rethink that. Um, but yeah, what's what's the Scott White trade offer? It's 
It's really good. So over the over the weeks, Scott White makes these offers, and I've fallen for him a couple times, and it's actually turned out okay. Um, but it always seems like Scott White wins the trade, and I'm just okay, fine. I shouldn't have done that. And this is a dynasty league. Um, I have Profar, and I got him cheap. And he has Josh Donaldson, who's also cheap. I think he's only 21, and he goes up to 28, I want to say, next year. Something like that. Mm-hmm. He offered me Donaldson for Profar straight up. After a bunch of iterations of trades where, uh, uh, oh, man, I forget. He was trying to get another one. He was trying to get Dylan Bundy. And they're all actually pretty fair deals. But uh, whenever Scott White comes knocking with a trade offer, I feel a little scared. Like he knows something that I don't. Well, that's <laughs> that's uh, exactly how I feel about uh, – well, I, I feel that way about Scott, but also Fred Zinke uh, and others too, not to leave others out. But Fred, you know, Fred is often knocking on the door with the trade-off. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> should I just reject this out of hand? <laughs> no. It's like Fred always wins these. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, so I'm looking at him like, oh, geez, interesting. Again, interesting, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, maybe I'm falling for the trap here, but to me, it's, that's a no-brainer. Uh, and, and obviously, it's not maybe one that's going to work out this year, but since it's a dynasty league, yeah. Uh, even with Donaldson having years on Profar, I, I, I just I have yet to really buy into Profar on the level where I wouldn't take that deal. I worry that Josh Donaldson may never be the same Josh Donaldson. Yeah, that, that could be. But again, what's the, the risk is that Jerkson Profar is the guy that we all thought he would be like three, four years ago. I think, I think it's kind of equally risky. All right. I'll do it for Actually, you. Just, just hunch, you know, just not a hunch. I just think the probability of Donaldson getting back closer to where he had been the past few years, to me, is greater than Profar having a similar level uh, to Donaldson. All right, Al. I'm uh, opening up my old phone that has all our old photos on it. It's very tiny, so this might take me a second. And I'm going to accept that trade. Live on air! Wow. Wow. I really hope it works out. Before Scott White takes it back. Before Scott White withdraws trade offer. Now now we know how Scott White feels about Jerks of Profar. He he really likes him. I thought it was Dylan Bundy. For like two years, he's been trying to get Dylan Bundy from me. Because I got him for like, picked him up for like a buck a couple years ago when he was toiling in the minors, and it didn't look like he was going to come up. I'm like, ah, oh, it's you know, it's him. I'll take a, I'll take a buck shot on him. And I think he just the next year, or maybe the end of the season, I forget how it happened, but he became Dylan Bundy again. And so I have him for like four dollars. That's nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, well, Here it is. Except it's, it's it, that did take a while. Wait, yeah, I, did. <laughs> I didn't hit accept right the first time either. There we go. Accepted. <laughs> You'll get your league-wide email in a minute, Al. All right. Uh, well, uh, I'll be looking for that. And, and uh, maybe start a uh, GoFundMe to get you a new phone. <laughs> no, I got the new phone's on the way. It's coming. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I do want the shameless plugs to continue here because I did another piece. Probably not going to be able to spend much time talking about that. But the basic uh, the concept, well, the title of it is Two Good Starts, Two Bad Starts. And the idea that two starts is way, way too little to, like, make a real judgment on a player. But it seems like the time, at least when I start to try to get ahead of a good or a bad trend. Um, so looking at, at pitchers uh, who have made back-to-back Good starts that we didn't expect or back-to-back bad starts that we didn't expect to be bad. And somebody who was on that uh, in, in a previous version of that column a week or two ago was Mike Miner. Actually, it had to have been a week ago. And uh, he started against the Astros last night. So uh, we'll talk about Mike Miner and whether or not there's a, pot, a real positive trend there. Uh, we'll look at the pitching Andersons, Jason Tyler. We will look at Jesse Winker and a whole bunch more. So stick around. Nando and I are going to be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. 
just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag forget about having to create multiple lineups ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90 percent of the money invest in the players that you want without salary caps if you sign up for a new account using the promo code fntsy you can elect an option to receive a 50 percent deposit bonus with a rollover requirement so no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That is mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Uh, all right, so um, yeah, I do want to talk about Mike Miner uh, since he was somebody I featured not in the most recent uh, two good starts, two bad starts, but the previous weeks. Uh, so we get a bigger picture to look at there. But uh, we got lineups, Nando, for both the Marlins and Nationals, Pablo Lopez and Jeremy Hellickson. So first of all, the two pitchers, both guys I'm really interested in. Uh, in fact, I picked up Pablo Lopez in the Scott White Dynasty League. So um, looking forward to being able to use him. Hopefully it goes well. He's facing Jeremy Hellickson, who's already made one start off the DL, uh, was great before he went on the DL. Would you consider starting Hellickson tonight in a uh, daily lineup league? Probably not. I don't. He's he's. I don't know. He doesn't get enough strikeouts for me. I think he's a little too much of an enigma. Um, I know people were hot on him a few weeks ago, and it paid off, catching him at the start of the hot streak. But I just can't. No. I I just but I like those electric armed youngsters, Al. Like I take like a Ronaldo Lopez or Lucas Giolito. I take a shot on instead of Hellickson. Wow. Okay. Well, we definitely part company there. I just want to catch that lightning uh, in a bottle. Yeah. Well, you, so you say he's an enigma. Will he be an enigma wrapped in a JT Riddle tonight? <laughs> he's back. I got, I got the, I got the chuckle. Uh, <laughs> a couple other changes uh, in the Nationals lineup worth paying attention to. Uh, first of all, you got Matt Adams at first base, who um, was on. I think it was the number number one on that leaderboard, best WOBA on pitches in the strike zone. So he's been swinging a good bat this year. Uh, no Adam Eaton. We got Michael Taylor, or to be more specific, Michael A. Taylor in center field and batting seventh. Adams is batting fifth, by the way. Uh, only other lineup we have, well, we have the Marlins, but that's pretty much, uh, well, not, not normal except for no Starling Castro, which actually is a big deal because he's actually one of the Marlins' better hitters. Well, maybe he's being traded uh, to the Yankees. Nabin. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, do you believe in the Brandon Drury-Neil Walker combination? I don't. Well, how long do you think Labor's going to be out? We kind of buried that lead big time. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to. That's why I was quiet. Yeah, I thought I mean, you were going to come back to it. So, uh, all right, let's come back to it now. I mean, how long <laughs> would you expect him to be out? I don't know. Uh, I guess they don't have the MRI yet. I would say they're going to play it safe with the jewel of their system. Let's say September 1st. Wow. I could be way wrong on that. I, that's what wow. I'm guessing as a. As I a, hope. I hope not, too, but I mean, it's a hip. And. Um, didn't A-Rod have the torn labrum yeah. in his hip? In both hips? He did. I'm trying to think uh, who else, because, yeah, that can be a really big deal. Um, well, and Cabrera's had a bunch of, uh, or at least has had some hip issues, right? And wasn't there Billy Butler, too? And plus, Torres has missed, so. like, he's missed a season. Like, this isn't someone I, I don't think they're going to toy around with. Like, oh, if you feel like you're okay, just go ahead back out there. You'll be fine. Yeah. Well, okay, well, we'll be watching that. I, I, I did not think uh, – I was not thinking in those terms. I was thinking maybe a few weeks. But um, well, I, hope I certainly wrong. don't want him to be rushed back. That's for sure, but I do hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, White Sox and Astros, Carlos Rodon and Justin Verlander. Um, only lineup we've got there is the White Sox following in their usual form. Uh, and 
sort of unusual. We've got both Daniel Paca and Larry Garcia together in the lineup, reunited, as it was meant to be. Nice. Um, it's nice. Something for everybody, because you like Larry and I like Palka. So. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, as for weather, don't worry about it. Uh, the only game where it looks like there may be a possible delay uh, because of some rain is Rangers-Tigers at Comerica Park. That's going to be Giovanni Gallardo and Matt Boyd. And uh, let me see. Pull that up. It's not a real big chance of rain, but something just to watch. 35% uh, chance at first pitch in Detroit there, but uh, forecasted to go down right after that. So uh, no worries. All the other games are either indoors or in the beautiful uh, July sunshine. So uh, I, I do want to get back. Uh, we we got to talk about some players from last night. But uh, so I talked about the two good starts, uh, two bad starts. And, and we'll talk about that specifically in terms of Mike Miner. But do, now, did you have kind of a, a conscious uh, uh, rule of thumb that you use in terms of like, OK, it's been and let's just stick with pitchers here. It's been X number of starts that are big good, I'm buying into this guy, or it's been, you know, three stinkers in a row, four stinkers in a row, uh, I'm dropping them or I'm benching them, uh, or is it just more kind of, you know, by feel? Uh, you know, I use those more like confirmation bias kind of stuff. Like, or, so take, for instance, yeah. uh, Lucas Giolito, who I thought was going to be really good this year, and I had on a bunch of teams. Um, it took about 12 straight bad starts for me to finally let go of him. Um on the same, on the flip side of that, I guess, I don't know, Al. It's like I, I don't, I don't like to ride those waves too much. I feel like if he's had two good starts, and his numbers aren't adding up for me, like in the minors, like this is how I missed like Trevor Cahill six years ago or so when he was getting really good. Uh, Sonny Gray, I wasn't crazy about his minor league numbers, maybe like f three or four years ago. And we're still working together, and I just missed the boat on him completely. Um, there were a couple other guys I can't think of. Patrick Corbin. I don't know. I, I try not to get too excited about when a guy has a couple of good starts in a row unless it's someone I'm already in on and it's caught my eye. And I'm like, oh, I got to go get this guy right now. Um, you know, high K per nine, low whip, low ERA in the minors, that kind of stuff. Otherwise, if he's just like a 3.89 ERA, 1.31 whip, 7.2 K per nine, and he's got four good starts in a row, if he's Jeremy Hellickson, basically, I'm, st I'm just not, I'm not going for it. <laughs> I feel like That's I trust the numbers enough. Yeah, no, because yeah, I've I've uh, fallen, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I've fallen for Jeremy Helkson this year because of a uh, you know five or six start stretch. Uh, I was was trying James Shields for a while because he had thrown I think something like six uh, quality starts in a row. Uh, Derek Holland had it going for a while, and now he's in the bullpen. Um, didn't actually uh, pick up Derek Holland though, but you know th those are yeah those kind of guys. I guess I'm I'm a little more uh, I don't know will, willing to experiment with them. I guess. I, there's nothing wrong yeah, with that. It's what makes the world right. It's what makes makes the world go around. Yeah, a little different yeah. opinion. <laughs> uh, okay, minor another good start. His um, fourth good one in a row. So after two, uh, you know, I had him in the two good, two bad, on uh, the two good side. Uh, but this is against the Astros, and I mean, it wasn't a great start. So I'm kind of grading on a curve here because against the Astros, to me, a quality start. After you've thrown three good good ones in a row, to me that's again that's confirmation bias, right? So that's you know okay, well he's been rolling well and and turned into quality start against a, a very good offense here. So uh, did give up four runs, but only three were earned in six innings, seven hits, uh, three walks, and four strikeouts, and a couple of home runs. So it's good results for Miner, but two important things haven't changed. He's still allowing a lot of fly balls, and that translated into a couple of homers last night. And not getting very many swings and misses. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's it's maybe this is kind of an easy one. But, I mean, are you intrigued just by the results with Mike Miner? Uh, yeah, you know, well, he's got the relief pitcher eligibility in uh, in the CBS leagues. So, I think I still have him on that editorial league that Azer got me in on. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is a guy who just pitched for the first time in the majors in four years last year and only hit... 70-something innings. So if he's at 90-something right now, like this could totally be just like a dead arm acclimation period where maybe he just needs one of those fake 10-day DL shoulder inflammation rests right around the all-star break. Um, maybe he's just running out of gas and just needs a, a you know, recharge. He's not, well, the, he's not I mean, been a healthy is, pitcher. Yeah, but the results have actually been better 
than they have been, I think, since April. Which so, is weird. I mean, if you look at the surface, it's, yeah, it's actually kind of the opposite of what you're saying. But if you dig underneath, that narrative might actually kind of fit. And it's not like, well, he's allowing all these fly balls all of a sudden and, and allowing all this contact. That's been sort of the constant. Um, he's just doing better with that, with that combination. Right. But, you know, <laughs> there's some, some red flags there that are sort of unrelated to all that, to all that which, you know, you, you just raised. So, yeah, I'm not buying it, and I'm buying it even less after you, you know, brought up the innings concerns. So, yeah, I think it'll hit. It'll uh, hit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. Uh, people are starting to buy into the Andersons, Chase and Tyler. But I did a Twitter poll, Nando, to see who people would like more. And I really, sometimes I do these polls, and I, I feel like I have a really great idea of how people are going to respond. This one, I really had no idea. Um, so I asked people, which Anderson would you rather have rest of season, Chase or Tyler? And 61% went for Chase, 39% Tyler. So I'm a little, I guess I expected it to be closer. Uh, I don't know. I think I would have to go. First of all, fun side story, Al. I was, I was in Denver at a bachelor party for my friend Chuck um, three weeks ago, almost when a month you, ago. When, oh, because I was to say, I was in Denver, I think it was two weekends ago. It was more than that. It was definitely more than that. Okay. But we went to a Rockies game, and they were playing the Diamondbacks. It was when Paul Goldschmidt was in the middle of his terror. Right when he started it, he had, I think I was there for the fourth game in a row that he had homered. And it was a two-homer game for him and a two-homer game for Arenado. And Slavino Bracco was pitching. Uh, we come full circle to Slavino Bracco. Yeah, well, so it was a big moment for me. But uh, if you go, <laughs> we, so my friends and I were just kind of bored, uh, and we walked around. We're like, let's just walk around the stadium. This is supposed to be one of the greatest stadiums ever. So we're walking around the, the I think it was a concourse level, and uh, you know, we have our beers. And there's just this, it's like the, the Colorado Rockies Wives and Girlfriends charity baseball sale. And so they have autographed baseballs in, in paper bags, and you pay 40 bucks, and you get a paper bag. You don't know who it is. You open it up, and you get an autographed baseball. So I open it up, you know, pay my 40 bucks. It's for charity. Open up the bag, and it's just, it's like a T-A scribble scribble 44. And I got a Tyler Anderson autographed <laughs> ball. And so we got back to our seats. These little kids were looking at it, and I gave it to one of the little kids. But, Very cool. Yeah, so I feel like I'm close to Tyler Anderson. Fate brought us together. Um, but I think, all that being said, I would go Chase Anderson. <laughs> oh, jeez, not a, sorry. You know, you have this 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 bond, and, and then you you betray him. And I, you know, and I've got got the the bond with Tyler Anderson too because I was at Coors Field a couple weekends ago and saw Tyler Tyler Anderson pitch against the Marlins, and pitched a very nice game, but he was outpitched by uh, Trevor Richards. So would you have answered Tyler Anderson? I would have, yeah, and it, but it's it's you know part of the reason I asked the question was because uh, I I did think it's a it's a close call, and I've been touting Anderson for I think about three years now, and of course you know dropped him in in tout wars and and sort of you know in in voting with my you know drop button, kind of lost faith in him in, in a few leagues, uh, just at the time when he started to really come around. But I've also been saying uh, on this show pretty regularly that. Uh, you know, I thought that Chase Anderson deserved some patience and that there was every reason to think there was a chance he could get back to where he was last year. And I think he's done that, too. So these are both guys that I've I've gone sort of up and down with both of them, but, you know, have, have had some some affinity, some belief in them. Sure. And uh, it's also kind of interesting, too, because their uh, their their runs are pretty similar. Uh, Anderson over, uh, well, first of all, both of them pitched yesterday. Anderson went six and a third, one run against the Twins, uh, five Ks over his last five now, 2.73 ERA, 30 Ks in 29.2 innings, uh, just 10 walks, just four homers. Well, not just, but that's not a bad ratio. Tyler Anderson against the Giants went eight shutout innings, only two hits, two walks, nine Ks. So certainly a more impressive performance yesterday. Uh, and over his last six, a 2.18 ERA, 41 Ks and 41 in the third innings, uh, just eight walks and four homers. So I think Anderson's been a little better lately, but it's it's close. You're speaking of Chase? <laughs> I just realized what I did there. Chase, <laughs> or, uh, Ty Tyler. I meant Tyler. <laughs> Tyler's been a little better than Chase. Yes, but he still pitches at Coors. Just, it's the long run. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, well, again, to get to the, uh, you know, fly ball geek stats here, Anderson consistently this year has been amongst the best at limiting exit velocity on flies and liners. There you go. So I think that helps him a bit. It, it, uh, sorry, Coors Field. Shay? Called the Chase Field because oh. of Chase Anderson. That's, that's, now that's too much. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to some hitters, Nando, because we only got a few minutes left here. Uh, so Jesse Winker. Uh, with his 12th double of the season on the 4th of July against the White Sox two-hit game. And uh, he's kind of doing what he did late last season, hitting for more power, adding that to the on-base percentage. Are you buying it now, or do you expect more kind of what he's done more of over his career, which is not hit for power, but just get on base a lot? No, I'm buying it. I, um, I'm in the, the Michael Salfino school of he's awesome. And uh, he was Michael Salfino was really all over him. Uh, to start the year, and I'm like, why? And I went and looked at him a little deeper. He's, he's got a great. He's I like him. I think he's he's not Mitch Haniger, but he's Mitch Hanigery. So I'd put him like in that little, you know, stratosphere. That's a that's a good yeah. That's a good stratosphere to be in. I do like yeah, him a lot. I'm, I'm yeah. No, I I do too. I want to leave the power. It's just it's it's one of the more uh, enigmatic to use your word enigmatic uh, performance trends. Because he's had these little these little power surges that come out of nowhere, um, that are really at odds with what he's done the rest of the time. Uh, Johan Camargo's been a little bit of a power surge. He had his ninth home run of the season at Yankee Stadium yesterday. He's had, got a nine game hit streak, uh, batting three sixty one during the streak with a couple of homers, and he's had five homers since the beginning of June. And Craig in Chicago reminded me yesterday that I called Camargo earlier this year this season's Marwin Gonzalez. Doesn't move around uh, the field quite as much, but I'll, I'll stand by the uh, the comp in terms of offense. I'll get behind that. I like it. All right. How, what about <laughs> Brad Miller? This this feels like CBS Times again, talking about Brad Miller. Yes. <laughs> Hit his seventh home run of the year uh, yesterday for the Brewers against the Twins with the Brewers, uh, batting three forty three with a couple of homers and three doubles in just 35 uh, at-bats. Uh, you like the change of scenery for Brad Miller? I mean, uh, yes and no. I actually picked up VR in uh, in the Dynasty League. Someone dropped them, and I think I spent seven bucks on them, maybe eleven. Uh, so I still have hope that uh, that I don't know. Selfishly, VR will kind of emerge as the victor. But I do think Miller's good. He's like a season and a half removed from being awesome. That, that's exactly right. All right, now to one last question here: Nate Orf, grade the name. <laughs> That's got to be a cool anagram for something. Eight out of ten. <laughs> I'm going nine. <laughs> so, Nando, thank you so much for making this a, a great Nando Thursday. My pleasure. And, uh, uh, always enjoy. It. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great one. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, the only free 24/7 fantasy sports radio network. 